The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is official. Trey Lance is not going to be the primary backup to Sam Darnold. I mean, to sorry, Brock Purdy this year. Sam Darnold is. His career in San Francisco appears to be over. I've got my guy Vish here to break it all down and really go from the root. What really went wrong here in this situation? We're back in just a minute. Well, well, well. What's going on, everybody? It seemed like the shit hit the fan yesterday. The 49ers, well, Ian Rappaport and company announced some news. Kyle Shanahan had a press conference. Sam Darnold is in. Trey Lance is out as the backup. Remember, the backup for the 49ers quarterback position. But before we get into that, Vish, how you doing, my man? I'm good. I'm good. This has been a very exciting last two days from just a, oh my God, like they finally made a decision here. I feel like, you know, a lot of talk the last two years just involving Niners and Niners fans, besides when they're actually playing football games, has been revolving around Trey Lance. Do they believe in him? Do they not believe in him? How much do they believe in him? How committed are they to him? All of that. And it felt like just two days ago, Shanahan was just going to continue to allow us to suffer and debate and torture each other. And then lo and behold, 24 hours later, they finally just come out, put an end to it, and they're like, yep, this whole Trey Lance thing's a screw-up. He's our third-string quarterback. I mean, the timeline of everything is just intriguing. Kyle Shanahan, right on Tuesday, he said, there's absolutely not a chance I'm announcing it before this week, right. before the preseason game. Well, guess what? That's not true. One week later, that's the case. And also, the other uh, talking point that Shanahan said is that he believed the scout quarterback of the backup could alternate week to week. That also does not appear to be the case at the moment with the 49ers announcing publicly that Sam Donald is their guy. And Trey Lance now is on the outside looking in with uncertainty around his future in San Francisco or either this year or in the future. Yeah, it's it's a really, really wild situation. 
Just from Trey Lance's perspective, because I know we're going to talk about it from the 49ers' perspective, what's going to happen next with his career, all of that, it's kind of a hard situation for him to be in, right? He went through the injuries. He's not had the opportunity to play, and that's been the big deal, right? Like, get him to play, get him the opportunity, and let's find out if he's going to be a good quarterback, if he's not going to be a good quarterback. Now he's in a situation where it's August 24th, it's very different. He's the third string quarterback here. So there's going to have to be multiple things that need to happen for him to even see the field here in the likeliest scenario. He won't, he won't, if things happen the way they did last year, perhaps he does and perhaps he can capitalize, but that situation is difficult. And then in terms of getting him onto another team, I mean, it's August 24th, right? Realistically, what's going to happen in terms of him being able to get onto another team consume that playbook and all of that. The guy is also playing for a second contract. The fifth-year option decision comes for him at the end of this year. It's a pretty crappy situation for him to be, be in right now. They're kind. He's kind of stuck in quarterback purgatory. He's, his career is kind of stuck in limbo. He needs an opportunity to play. Nobody really has that opportunity to, for him to play right now, and he's now two steps away from playing instead of one. So before we get into the 49ers perspective, all of that, I just wanted to say that it's really, really hard. And it's, you know, I empathize with the situation a lot. I feel really bad for Trey Lance. This sucks. This is, yeah, this is, I mean, it's an unprecedented situation for a quarterback of his nature, of uh, a guy who got drafted that high. It's definitely and really unfortunate situation because John Lynch said it today as well. And we'll get into what they said, him and Shanahan but he said it's not like Trey Lance pr- played pretty poorly to get himself out of a you know a starting job. The 49ers, unfortunately, with the plan that they went ahead and executed, well, he wasn't going to start week, year one. Year two, he gets injured. Well, he got injured as well in year one. Year two, he gets injured. Year three, there's a better option who proved himself in eight games, I guess, for the 49ers to go ahead and uh, go with that. There is obviously a lot to unpack with this situation where do you want to start, Bish? I mean, if we're starting about what went wrong, I think we have to go back to the timeline of before the draft, right? Like what happened in 2020, how they reacted to what happened in 2020, the entire offseason of 2021 leading up to the draft, what happened, how they made the move, all of that. I think that's really where the story starts because I think there were more mistakes made in that time period than any other point in this entire two-year Trey Lance saga, right? To get from him being the third overall pick, future face of the franchise, the Niners putting everything into him, to him being the third-string quarterback two years later, to me, it all starts with bad process at that point in the offseason. And to me, this isn't 2020 hindsight either. I talked about all of this then, and I'm happy to rehash it now. It's unfortunate that it's worked out this way, but yeah, it kind of is what it is. No, I agree. And I mean, I guess if we start at 2020, this is going to be a revisionist show. We've got to identify exactly where we went wrong. And you're absolutely right. Yesterday on the show, I said the way that the 49ers handled this situation in terms of executing the plan at place, I didn't have that big of a problem with. I think they honestly believe they executed it fine. The issue was not the execution. It's the plan in itself that really unraveled the 49ers and their quarterback situation to the point where we are today, where the 49ers are standing three years later without a Super Bowl in their hands looking at 2020. You go back Um, to where – go ahead. By the way, I just want to add one thing to your plan too. I feel like a lot of people when they discuss it too, right, we're going to get into some of the details. 
And perhaps people are going to be like, hey, you're getting you're becoming a big stickler in the details and you're getting lost in that big picture. This is kind of what happened. This is what happened. And they're going to show a real cause and effect scenario to this. And I will say before you continue, the issue with the cause and effect scenario and how people talk about it is that it completely reduces the human being element in all of this, right? This isn't movable chess pieces. This isn't robots. These are delicate human situations that had to be navigated at each different point. And talking about it without understanding the human dynamic, the confidence, the psychology of these different people, you're not going to be able to then tell the full story fairly to everybody involved. So I do want to mention that before you continue. Like, yes, we're going to get into the details. Yes, some people are going to get upset on how deep into the details we're going to get because they're going to see this big picture cause and effect. But to me, you're missing 50% of the story if you're talking big picture cause and effect because you're missing the story of the people involved. 100%. I think that this is a very, very important part because that adds – Remember, a football team is not only X's and O's. It's not the draft. It's not scouting, evaluating players. It's not compiling a roster. It's managing all the personalities on the roster. It's creating a culture where people are attracted to come. It's making sure that this football team is able to operate on a daily basis because these are guys you have to go into work with. These are guys that you have to manage these feelings. And obviously, when you're negatively looking at a player, be it publicly or privately, that is important in the landscape of how you're handling a situation. And so that is very important overall. Before I start, though, I do want to give a sh uh, shout out here to our super chat. Flav talking about, um, I wish we knew the full truth. Trey, Sam's agent, didn't know who would be QB2? Question mark. Why did Kyle Shanahan say he wouldn't say anything until the game and then do it? Trey really couldn't see this coming. There's no way. What do you think about this? Yeah, I think Flav makes good points because I think – Trey should have seen this coming. I think his agent should have seen this coming. For sure, I remember when I used to talk about this a lot because Larry Kruger had now what turns out to be the very correct trade take, which is that the 49ers were looking to trade Trey during the draft time. And I didn't understand how it made sense for them to trade him. One, with Brock Purdy's um, injury situation being up in the air. But two, can you can you put up Flav's question again real quick? I lost my train of thought. I need that real quick. Um Oh, and then two is the fact that, you know, they signed Sam Darnold when they did and all of that. It was a little bit odd. And so I, I think Flav is absolutely right when he says that I think the agent, and I think that's the correct take here. I think Grant had the correct take yesterday that I think the agent put pressure today on realizing a decision to the indecision with this quarterback room behind Brock Purdy, right? Jimmy Sexton represents Jimmy Sexton and CAA. They represent both Sam Darnold and Trey Lance. And I don't know how it behooves them for them to be able to go through the quarterback mismatch game that Kyle suggested that he was going to play on Tuesday. And so therefore I think they put pressure on realizing an answer. And unfortunately that answer didn't go Trey Lance's way. And and that's where what I was going to say also is what I was talking about to Larry at the time was if the situation would come where we would talk about trading Trey Lance, it would come at this time because I think at this time the Niners would know whether they need him or not. But if you're Trey Lance and you thought that this situation could have been, which it was always a possibility if Brock Purdy came back that this is how things could end up, it would have behooved him to try and make a move for his career and get out in March or May and get himself somewhere else and get a full off season with a new team and build himself there. And that's where I think Flav is right. He's kind of 
it's what I talked about at the beginning. It's an unfortunate situation where his career is kind of in a limbo right now. It's it's stuck. You're absolutely right. And essentially the way that this carried just cost Trey Lance an entire year of his career at a time where he is trying to play, like you said, for a second contract. And truly this year was a deal, like a make or break year, understanding the 49ers or whatever team Trey Lance is on has to pick up his fourth year option, fifth year option prior to the fourth year. So if Trey Lance has no game tape through three years, there's a less, uh, a much lesser likelihood that a $22 million option or $23 million option is going to be picked up. That is twenty fully guaranteed, by the way. Fully, fully guaranteed, guaranteed that yeah. Trey Lance could have got could have lost by not playing this year. Because had the situation gone about a you know a regular way, had the 49ers been up front, maybe had they had they wanted Sam Darnold, had that been the case, and had they known specifically about Brock Purdy's health, the true wild card and all of this, there's a likelihood Trey Lance gets traded in March before teams figure out their quarterback situation, and he's the starter for some other team this year which is why I personally believe that's the likelihood of what happens next offseason. I think he gets trade. I don't think he gets traded now. I think he gets traded next offseason when teams are figuring out their quarterback situation and earns the chance as in a prove it year to potentially start for a team. See, I don't even know how that's going to work there because he's going to be then three years away from playing football and there's going to be a bunch of newer prospects, right? For me, the writing was a little on the wall when it was, he didn't get moved during draft time, right? Like Atlantis apparently liked him before the 21 draft. They went forward with Desmond Ritter. That would have been a nice opportunity, right? Tampa Bay went to sign Baker Mayfield and went with him and Kyle Trask, right? Um, Washington is going with Sam Howell. And I think it's a funky spot for the NFL because I don't think anybody wants to really take a chance on a quarterback this year. Because if your situation fails, whatever, Guess who's waiting in the wings next year? Perhaps you get the number one overall pick and you get your pick of Caleb Williams, Drake May, Michael Penix, um, the Duke guy, Riley Leonard, whomever you want to talk about. You get your pick of one of these quarterbacks that's very highly regarded coming into the NFL. And that's where it's a situation also when we talk about like Atlanta, right? Arthur Smith's had back-to-back losing seasons. Now, I think Arthur Smith's an excellent coach, but three losing seasons in a row, a lot of people don't survive that. Ron Rivera's had not way too much success in Washington, right? These are guys that are probably on the precipice of getting fired the next year. And why would you make a quarterback investment? Because you want to give the next guy a clean slate to do whatever he wants in the most important position. And that's where I think it's a really funky spot because the teams that might be interested for in Trey Lance in a typical year might wait it out this year because of the ta- influx of talent that's coming into the NFL the very next year at quarterback. And by the way, this was something that happened during Trey Lance's draft when a lot of people looked at Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Yeah. No, 100%. Flav's got another uh, super chat here. He said, Kyle Shanahan also said they could rotate week to week. Is that still true? Doesn't seem like it. It does seem everything Kyle Shanahan said changed overnight. What do you think about this? He's absolutely right, right? Like, it does feel like everything he said could change overnight. I think he didn't want to really commit. I think that's why he said they could rotate week to week. He didn't really want to make that decision because making that decision makes you admit that you made the mistake on Trey Lance, and I think that's why they didn't want to make that decision. And that's where I think the agent came involved and said, we need something here. We can't have this. We need a definitive answer. The loser, we want to get him to a new place, create that opportunity, which, by the way, in this case, I mean, we've just mentioned it six times in the last 14 minutes since we started the show. Trey Lance is kind of stuck. 
But I think that's where the agent, and again, pure speculation, but the agent got involved and created an opportunity where the 49ers, because I mean, John Lynch said today, right, that he was surprised that this was leaked. What did you think of that? And what did you think of the fact that like, yeah, they were surprised this was leaked, which means that the leak probably came from Trey Lance's side. I personally think the agent was the one that came out with the leak. I also think that it was kind of BS because the main thing that the 49ers did yesterday after announcing the news to both of their quarterbacks privately was give Trey Lance the day off. And so the fact that they were surprised, it was going to be a storyline one way or another. Had the, the news not been reported by Ian Rappaport and Trey Lance's side after the 49ers, you know, uh, or uh, presumably right. Lance's side after the 49ers announced their decision to Lance and Darnold, it was going to be found out because yesterday was a media day. Media was there in person and they were, you know, they were questioning, why isn't Lance here? That would have absolutely been a talking point. And then Can you imagine they, the drama if we didn't know and that everybody would be bad. starting to speculate why he's not in practice. And I think that would be even worse that the 49ers sent out Fred Warner to deal with the mess after that if we didn't know and we had him being out there as a scapegoat to answer right. questions. I, I don't know why they had him on the schedule too. Like, why not just remove him from the schedule before one of John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan talks? Like, everybody's like, why? This is a quarterback two battle. This is whatever. No, this is PR 101. This isn't a quarterback two battle because quarterback two battles usually don't include the guy you gave up three first-round picks to acquire, and that's where this is a way more interesting thing. But you want to circle back to the draft Let's go back to it. this and so where going we back to the- 2020. So – what I said yesterday, I personally believe the 49ers, it's not the execution that failed. It's not even this offseason where I feel the 49ers failed their fans. It was more so with the plan that originated through all of this. You backtrack back to 2020. The 49ers had their first major quarterback decision after losing the Super Bowl. Tom Brady was a free agent. Jimmy Garoppolo was coming off a Super Bowl where he proved that, you know, while he could maybe get the 49ers there, couldn't get him over the hump couldn't make the game-winning plays, and you have the greatest quarterback of all time waiting there. The 49ers bypassed on Tom Brady. They initially said, we're going to stick with Garoppolo. Then came Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson was available for three first-round picks or whatever the package was. And when you talk about Deshaun Watson, that's another player who the 49ers could have looked to get their franchise quarterback, a young quarterback who wanted out, obviously, of the Houston Texans. His situation arised. The 49ers backtracked. The point being, there are already some quarterback names that the 49ers are looking into knowing that they have their starter who they signed to a five-year, $137.5 million contract just two, three years before looking to potentially move off. Which, by the way, they were on a year-to-year evaluation on his deal at that point. Because in 2019, I think they had a May 1st out on his deal where they could have cut him for like $4 million of dead money. In 2020, they had a similar out, I think, in April. And then in 2021 and 2022, it was literally just they could cut him whenever. They were year-to-year on his guaranteed money. They Or he had no guaranteed money left, excuse me. Exactly. So they were in a very, very favorable financial position to pivot off of Jimmy G, which they never did, but they were rumored to do every time because of these finances. And that's 2020, right? Maybe, okay, you say we give Garoppolo one more a year even though we're already kind of seeping on the outside, we give him one more year. 2020 was the garbage year. Garoppolo got injured. 
49ers missed the playoffs that year. They went six and 10. Garoppolo got injured. He's the one, you know, he had a high ankle sprain, missed half the season. And then came the real frenzy. The 2021 offseason started off with the 49ers in rumored to potentially go out and get Matthew Stafford. We now in know January. And this was in January. This was prior to free agency, prior to any quarterback moves being made. This was the number one quarterback domino on the market. And Senior we, Bowl week. Yeah, we find out months later, Kyle Shanahan was there. He wanted Matthew Stafford, and Sean McVay swooped in at the last minute and got Kyle Shanahan's quarterback away. Matthew Stafford obviously eventually goes through and wins a Super Bowl with the Los Angeles Rams, beating the 49ers on the way to do so. So, you know, some irony there, but that's the first quarterback domino that the 49ers struck out on. And that was one where Kyle Shanahan has publicly said he was in on Matthew Stafford, a public announcement dissuading, you know, their their interest right now in Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. By the way, and something to mention too, Stafford was cheaper than Garoppolo in 2021 yes. itself. He carried a $20 million cap hit, which was $5 million less than the $25 million cap hit Garoppolo carried. This is why I advocated for the Niners to get Stafford for as long as I did, because it made sense financially and it made sense with the roster. But if you want to look at the Niners and say, well, they made all of this moves just to get a quarterback with the rookie contract. And thanks to Brock Purdy, they still have a young starting quarterback on a rookie contract. Well, here's the first domino that contradicts that, right? Shanahan and Lynch have both admitted that they were involved in Stafford. They wanted to get Stafford. It's not that they missed out or didn't get Stafford. The Rams beat them to the punch on Stafford, which then contradicts this point because Stafford was going to be due for a big money extension that if you were trading two ones for a quarterback, you were going to give to him. The Rams gave him that extension. Now, I don't think the finances that the Niners would have given him would have looked the exact same of what the Niners Rams gave him, but they would have had to shell out a big contra quarterback contract which is one of the things they claim that in 2021 they decided to get away from. So if we're going to be fair in mentioning all the details, we have to mention that they weren't just looking for a cheaper quarterback. They were looking for any quarterback upgrade because they were done with Jimmy Garoppolo after the 2020 season. The ankle injury, having to leave Santa Clara, having to go to Arizona, all of that, which brings us, Rohan, to the offseason frenzy of that in between Stafford and Watson being caught and the Niners moving up. There was a Teddy Bridgewater rumor. There was a Sam Darnold rumor. By the way, this same Sam Darnold who just beat Trey Lance in a competition was available for a future two, a future four, and a current six. That same offseason, and the Niners balked and instead gave up three ones for Trey Lance, who Sam Darnold just beat in a competition. So, yeah, this is – Pretty messed up, but I'm going to stay calm and continue to talk about this situation calm and collected with you. So there was a Sam Donald rumor in there. There was an Andy Dalton rumor, but the Bears signed him for $10 million. There was a Teddy Bridgewater rumor in there. There were a lot of different quarterbacks that the Niners were talking about, inquiring about, asking about, attempting to make a move for before I think March 28th. They ultimately, a month before the draft, made the move to go trade up three first-round picks from 12 to 3, or two first-round picks, the pick number 12 to go to pick number 3, and an additional third. And that brings us to the next part, which is the evaluation and what you do and how you moved up and why you moved up. Now, that is the biggest question. I ultimately think the move-up in itself was the worst possible outcome with the way the 49ers executed it. 
I think that this is the real true start of the derail in terms of the picture with Trey Lance. Because first, the 49ers moved up on March 26th after publicly going out on Jimmy Garoppolo. They had gone in on several other quarterbacks, and it wasn't just high-caliber quarterbacks who they would have given to extensions to, like Deshaun Watson, like Matthew Stafford. It was backup quarterbacks with the understanding that they were going to try and look for a free agent, uh, sorry, for a free agent, you know, or a potential draft quarterback like they did in, in at the end, and, and unfortunately couldn't get a single deal done with the names you mentioned in. Teddy Bridgewater in a potential Andy Dalton or even Sam Donald as a flyer to look forward for the next year. They struck out on all three of those guys. Now you fast forward to the March 26th date when the 49ers traded for the number three overall pick. Talk about the decision here. Number one, I think the 49ers felt pressure to move up to number three for a multitude of reasons. One, they had struck out on every other option. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The entirety of the NFL knew that the 49ers were out on Jimmy Garoppolo. They wanted a quarterback. And to secure a quarterback, not just a specific one, but any quarterback, they decided, guess what? We need to make sure we jump up to get that quarterback, understanding that everyone in the NFL knew who was going one and who was right, going Right, because at that point, it was five quarterbacks in the top 15. Now, we know the Niners were probably liking at least four of them, which was Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones. We knew two of them were going in the top two, Lawrence and Zach Wilson. We didn't know what Carolina was doing at eight at that time. We didn't necessarily know what Denver was also doing at that time. They still had Drew Locke. Um, and then we had New England at 15, and they were rumored to like Mac Jones, and they might move up for Mac Jones. So it's the situation that you described. It's a game of musical chairs. The Niners had swung and missed on every other available option through that offseason, and I felt like it was a moment of desperation and a moment of urgency where they were they didn't want to be the one person at the dance without a, without a partner. And that brings us to... The bigger question and the person who's avoided criticism to me in this part of the story, and that's Jed York. Rohan, yeah. if I came up to you, and I, I've said this analogy a couple of times, but I think it needs to be said again. Rohan, Rohan, if I came up to you and said, Rohan, I want to borrow $100 of your money, what's the first question you're going to ask me? 
Why? Why? You're going to ask me what I'm going to use that $100 for, right? The first question Jed York should have asked, right, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, when they say they want to trade three first-round picks and move from 12 to three, is for who? Who are you going to take? Not why are you going there? Who are you going to take? Why are we giving up all these assets? Who's the quarterback that we're going to get? And Shanahan has admitted after the draft that they didn't have an answer when they traded up. They traded up for the spot so they could go further study the quarterbacks to make sure that they got one of them and they could leverage themselves to get one of them. That's not how business gets done in the NFL, especially a month before the draft. And so if we're talking about, hey, what went wrong in all of this? To me, this was one of the biggest factors. How did you trade up without deciding who you were trading up for? When when you when you when you when I ask you for the hundred dollars, you got to know what you're putting the hundred dollars into. You can't be putting the hundred dollars into you know future something where I you give me the hundred dollars as a check and then I eventually decide what I'm going to buy. How do you know I'm going to spend your money well? And that's where I think this was a mistake as well. And so it, I my bad, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, there, but, but I, I, mean, I wanted to mention your that. point there. I fully wholeheartedly agree. This was an issue. You can't trade up for a spot in the NFL. And mind you, this was before any of the pro day, any of the interviews. Well, you had the combine stuff, but really any of the secondary interviews, the because you couldn't have invites, I believe, that you're, you know, it was scuffed with the COVID process. And so you need to make sure, right, you need to make sure you're sold on the guy who you're trading up for, especially in a loaded top heavy draft that the 49ers had in the 2021 NFL draft. The 49ers ended up going for a spot. And the number one thing that they should have done once they finally committed to a quarterback after publicly announcing, not announcing, but publicly showcasing that they were done with Jimmy Garoppolo, they should have committed to that quarterback. That was the issue. They did not commit to that quarterback. Instead, they kept Jimmy Garoppolo, who they could have easily cut without financial ramifications. They could have cut him, and they could have moved forward with the quarterback that they had invested so much in. Go ahead. But but they were never committed to that quarterback, right? And this is where we'll get into some details that other people will forget from that point in the offseason. Okay, they move up March 26th. Okay, they go through the pro days, right? When they moved up March 26th, that day was Zach Wilson's pro day. They moved up the same day of Zach Wilson's pro day. Adam Peters and John Lynch were there. They were on the field. At that point, it looked like Zach Wilson was going to go to as long as he passed his physical with the Jets. That was what the big rumor was. And who's the they now go that to? Left them, right, now that left them at three with the next pro day, which was Mac Jones's pro day, which happened to be on the same day as the Ohio State pro day. They went to Mac Jones' second pro day. They went there, they looked at Mac Jones, and then they held individual pro days, obviously, for Justin Fields and Trey Lance in the later days with second pro days. And then they moved, by the way. Here's a detail with Trey Lance people forget. Before the draft, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson were working out in southern L.A. with John Beck, who's Kyle Shanahan's former quarterback. Shanahan has talked about how much he liked John Beck when he came out of Utah. I, I think he – no, he came out of BYU, I think, John Beck Yeah, did. But – Either way, John Beck was a second-round pick by the Miami Dolphins. Kyle Shanahan wanted to draft him in 2007. He was a big fan of John Beck. John Beck played for him in Washington. John Beck worked with Matt Ryan. John Beck worked with Jimmy Garoppolo. Matt, uh, no, not Matt Trump. He worked with a lot of different quarterbacks that had played for Shanahan. At that point, Lance was working with Quincy Avery, who he did his first pro day with. The Niners requested Lance to work with John Beck and do his second pro day with John Beck. Why does this matter in the story? Because... He goes on to work with John Beck the next two years, and Shanahan said they're not involved in the mechanics and all of that, but they suggested this first move. 
when they suggest this move, all of that, it all culminates in that presser before the draft where Shanahan infamously slams the question, will Jimmy be on this team with the answer, I don't know who will be alive, right? That was just a slam of Jimmy Garoppolo it was a bad answer. A lot of people laughed at it. I thought it was not the best look for him, right. but I also thought it was pretty funny. So I laughed at it too. Um, and it was not the best look either. Now, what people forget is every time he was asked why they traded up, his answer was, we need a starting quarterback. He answered that question definitively multiple times before the trade-up or before the draft. He said, we needed a starting quarterback when we evaluated our, that team. Now, the big thing is when he slams Garoppolo and he says this in the presser, I don't know what happens between them the draft and the post-draft presser. But everything he says in the pre-draft presser, he walks it right back in the post-draft presser. In the post-draft presser, they draft Trey Lance. He's effusive in his compliments of Jimmy Garoppolo. He says it's really hard to beat out Jimmy Garoppolo, and he expects him to be the starter next year. This is a guy who he didn't know was going to be alive. He didn't want to give any predictions. Now he expects him to be his starter the next year. And finally, I, I and this is where my speculation comes in, I think when he made the move up and he was trying to decommit from Jimmy, I don't think he realized how difficult it would be to move Jimmy away from this team. I think that's where the human dynamics and all of this come in. I don't think Shanahan necessarily fully understood the dynamic of replacing Jimmy with this particular roster and their attachment to that particular quarterback. Now, that's all my speculation. That's not necessarily as objective or factual as some of the other things that we talked about where there's a definitive record. But I do think there's a key switch up there in that two-week time period that nobody wants to talk about. But he was everything but done with Jimmy Garoppolo a week before the draft. And the week after the draft, when he's just drafted the guy they traded three first for, he recommitted to Garoppolo. And by the way, in between, and this is where it makes you question if they were ever committed to the quarterback they trade up, in between the day before the draft, right, you've spent a month deciding who you want to take. You spent a month at three after giving up all these assets. But wait for and it. you hear Aaron Rodgers is available. There's an opportunity. And you're calling him up. And by the way, this is Aaron Rodgers due for an extension. You said the only reason you wanted to move off of Garoppolo in the first place now is because you wanted a quarterback on a rookie contract. But the day before you were about to successfully realize this plan, you were going to pivot right away when Aaron Rodgers was available, even if you had to pay him $50 million a year. And that's where... When we talk about the mistakes, Rohan, to me, like the conversation, once they get Trey Lance, I think there's actually a reasonable, logical flow I that agree. you can understand on why things worked out the way they did. But how they get to Trey Lance, that time period from the end of 2020 or the end of 2019, from saying no to Brady, Brady winning the Super Bowl in the COVID year, all the way to when they picked Trey Lance and started Jimmy Garoppolo after picking Trey Lance, I think that's where every single mistake and why he's the third string quarterback was made. And this is exactly what I mean when you talk about what went wrong. It's the plan. It was the way that they built up to making the selection. If you were, we're going to talk about after the selection, I honestly think that the way that they, they implemented after the selection was what they expected in that they were going to start Jimmy year one. Trey was going to take over in year two. And the hope was that he would develop through that second year to the point where he's ready to be your starter come year three. Now I do have questions about that too, in the process that they went along it, but that was at least that was the execution. And it's, you know, it, it, it's reasonable, like you said, how they went about it. But the issue was number one, 
you made it very public that you were done with Jimmy Garoppolo. And it was on multiple accords. And this is, I think, Kyle Shanahan saying himself. He thought himself, because he didn't want Jimmy Garoppolo to run like his offense, he wanted somebody new that the rest of the team would agree because he was the forefront of the offense. Unfortunately, it seems like that wasn't the case. The 49ers go back to Jimmy Garoppolo after the draft, which I think was the mistake you could not make. After going through so many different avenues, after looking at different, different quarterbacks and publicly sharing that you were going to go, go up and draft a starting quarterback, then only to pivot and go back to the original plan. It's trying to live these two worlds at once. You could say, you know, right. you're trying to, you're, you're trying to remain in a win now mode while developing a quarterback. I don't think the 49ers have that big of a drop-off. It's not like they were good in 2021 compared to their uh, the regular standards. They they barely made the playoffs. They made the playoffs by winning their last game and then stuck in as a wild card team and then Right, winning their last game like they had to it was a must win. And they won they by don't three. make the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not like it's not like they they blew all expectations out of the water or anything like that. By the way, you have to remember too in that COVID year it was a great point for the roster to turn over from the 2019 roster. And because the COVID year had screwed up the cap situation, the Niners were able to bring back three guys. I don't think they expected to bring Correct. back on one-year deals as veterans on their defense and DJ Jones, K1 Williams, and Jaquaski Tart. Now that might change the outlook of your roster because you didn't expect to bring back that many veterans and turning it over to a rookie quarterback, but even addressing what happened that particular off season, starting with their state of the franchise, where they don't feature either quarterback, they do a quarterback list featuring in what they're providing and selling as marketing to their fans, one of the weirdest decisions I've ever seen from just, hey, sales standpoint. Then it gets to, remember, they were adamant that it wasn't a competition between Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. But the Trey Lance hype that offseason, especially at the early part of it, Matt Mayoko calling him the best rookie quarterback he's ever seen, was very hot. Then we get to the joint practices between the 49ers and the Chargers, right? And Trey Lance was taking snaps with the starters. So then was it a competition? Was it not a competition? And in that preseason game, what people forget was that the plan was Jimmy, Trey, and they were going to go back to Jimmy. So Jimmy had not isolated and won this, well, isolated the starting job away. No matter how people want to tell the story then, Trey was getting first team reps in that preseason game. I mean, that's documented, right? Jimmy throws a pick on his first drive, third and 14, goes off of Brandon Ayuk's hands. By the way, funnily enough, coincides with Brandon Ayuk entering the, entering the doghouse if people want to just keep track of things there. Trey comes in. Trey struggles early with the ones, and they don't go back to Jimmy. Shanahan decides at that point not to go with Jimmy. Trey actually ends up playing pretty well. Um, he has a nice drive to start the second half, and he ends the half with a nice drive. But it felt like at that moment – his grip, and I remember Chris Sims said it at the time, Shanahan's good friend. It felt like at that moment, Shanahan chose Jimmy as a starter. Then they do the two-quarterback thing in the Raiders game, and everybody's like, what the hell is this? And Shanahan gets really upset that people ask him questions about it. And then they say, okay, fine, we're going to use Trey Lance in a Taysom Hill capacity. He comes in on the first red zone possession of week one right. versus the Lions, right? The first drive they had versus the Lions, Alex Mack, Jimmy Garoppolo fumbled the exchange. The second drive, Trey Lance scores a touchdown to Trent Sherfield. Then he's gone and he's shelved for like two weeks. And then he shows up Sunday night on a fourth and goal, runs a little read option and scores a touchdown. Like to that point even, like Rohan, you want to talk about weird? 
Like, the weirdness didn't end until they just committed to Jimmy Garoppolo that year. Like, it really didn't end. And then when they committed to Jimmy Garoppolo that year, it felt like they never got an opportunity to integrate Trey Lance with the timeline that fit their team at that point. It felt like they had missed their opportunity already. And that's where, like, like you mentioned, a lot of the decisions that have gone away, like, I think they were freaked out by the 2022 offseason. I can't really blame them for bringing Jimmy back and hedging. I can't blame them for going with Brock this year based on how Brock played last year. I can't like blame any of those decisions, right? Like I understand it. I understand hedging Trey with Sam Darnold. Now, do I think it's fair what's happened to Trey Lance? No, but I also understand these are football people putting their jobs on the line with each individual decision. These are decisions that they have to make. Fair or not, they have to make those decisions. But up till the point hey, where they drafted him, how they drafted him, and how they used him that offseason, that's where I think they blew it already then, Rohan. And I think they were never able to realize the correct situation for their football team from then because I think that there was always a miss in his timeline versus the football team's timeline. And this is where I have to ask you a question that I shared in Spaces yesterday and one that I'm not really sure about. What changed between the first offseason for Trey Lance and the second offseason? There wasn't a dramatic improvement, but Lance was held given the keys. They isolated Jimmy the entire offseason. They alienated him, looked for a trade. They made Lance the unheralded quarterback one, despite him still being raw, despite him going through those issues. What changed from that first offseason to the second offseason where really – Jim Trey Lance was handed the keys when that could have happened one complete year earlier. Yeah, to me, the only thing that changed, and look, I don't know this, but this is the only thing that makes sense Lock. for the sequences of events and the decisions that have made since. He must have been terrible in the 2022 offseason when they gave him the keys to the kitchen. You know why? You know why I know he was terrible? Because they've said he improved this offseason, Rohan. They said he is better than he was last year. And this offseason, he's their third-string quarterback. And last offseason, they were parading him as their franchise QB. And he has improved from when he was their franchise QB to when he was their third-string quarterback. They fell out of love because whatever happened in the 2022 offseason scared the crap out of them. He must not have been good. I think that's what it had to have been. That's why they brought Jimmy back. And that's why they brought Sam Darnold back and had him compete with Trey Lance without ever knowing what was going on with Brock Purdy or anything. They stuck him in this competition because they were already halfway out with what happened in the 2022 offseason. It has to be that because he wasn't even healthy when they signed Sam Darnold and put him in this competition. No, and I mean, I'll say this. I do believe that the 49ers believe that he he improved this year because from just I was there only at training camp last year. I was there only at training camp this year. Trey Lance looks better this year. That tells you something. I don't think he was a starting NFL level quarterback last year when they hand, when they handed him the keys. But that's the point of when you go into this plan and anoint him as the quarterback one. He's not an NFL level quarterback. He's the rawest prospect that we've seen in a hot minute, given the amount of inexperience that he has with the way his collegiate and high school career has have gone. You know, it's not like he's played that much overall. He didn't, he didn't look, in my opinion, like an NFL-level quarterback last year, and that was why I was totally fine with the way that Kyle Shanahan utilized him. 
implement the run game and implement him in the run game, play 11 on 11 football, because that is going to open up lanes in the passing game where Trey Lance right. would find more and more open targets compared to the already open amount of targets that Kyle Shanahan's offense creates. That was, I thought, the most ideal situation and the ideal way to develop him. Of course, a freak injury occurs and Trey Lance, you know, he his season is lost in, a, in, in the third run for him in that game running up the middle. It's a freak injury. But I didn't hate the plan going into that year based on what I saw from him as a passer in 2022. And also, I do agree. I think he has improved this offseason, which should tell you something. Yeah, I. but to me, the most resounding point is that he's improved and he's somehow been demoted two spots. That is Somebody crazy. wasn't telling the truth about what was going on last offseason. That is saying something. And now we are seeing reports that Lance was shopped or it was being shopped as early as February of 2022, as early as Feb 2022. That is after his rookie season, which means right. that first year when everything was behind. No, no, I think I think when he said last Feb February, he meant February of 2023. Sorry, 23. But yeah. like that, that that furthers your point of when you're talking about that sophomore season and everything that they saw because Lance didn't play right from week two on. They didn't see anything. Right. That off season must have really opened their eyes on something that completely behind the, the, you know, completely behind the curtain. Well, Blank says Lynch said that's not true. What do you expect? And that's fine. But Lynch admitted that they were okay with trading him around draft time. And what did they see around draft time in the, between the month of May where he had just gotten healthy for them to decide, Hey, like every, all their, all the research they had on Trey Lance when they would have made the decision where they're okay parting ways with them during draft time would have been based on what? What they saw in 2022? Yeah. No, uh, that's exactly it. Let's get to some super uh, super chats real quick. Flav with another question. If Trey gets injured now, you can't even trade him if you had an offer. Can you really put him out there tomorrow? What do you think? I I don't think they can really trade him. I think they're going to try to sell that the number being the number three quarterback is actually perfect for him because now he can play scout team and he can really improve during that. And his personality doesn't put any pressure on the situation because he seems to have handled all of it about as well as somebody in his situation at his age can handle it. Um, and so, yeah, but I, and so I think that if you're invested in him, if you truly want what's right for Trey Lance, you put him out in the field and you give him a chance to play one last time. If you're Trey, do you play given the way the situation has been handled? Yeah. If you're Trey Lance, any film is more film, which is good film, which is better for you. Right. I guess so. like yeah, at this point, I think being an enigma for some people, like in Jimmy Garoppolo's case, always only playing the two starts with New England made him really intriguing, right? Because both those starts were pretty good. And it was like, I want to see more of this and all of that. But there wasn't enough film for you to be scared of trading for that. In Trey's case, there's so little information that being an enigma for him to me is actually all, already scary. Second super chat. And coach, coach says it was Purdy. That changed the entire calculation. That's, that's unbelievably false. Because if we remove Purdy from the equation... Lance competed with Sam Darnold in a quarterback competition. That had nothing to do with Brock Purdy. You can be all in on Brock Purdy. You can be invested in that, and Trey Lance could have still been the backup. That's, yeah. I, mean, I love you, Coach T, but something went wrong with the 49ers and Trey Lance. And remember, Lynch said, right, like, like Vish said, 
that they were open to trading Trey Lance at the trade market, uh, trade deadline. Oh, sorry. Uh, the, the, the NFL draft. draft. The NFL he, draft. He didn't, he didn't dispute the report from Ian Rappaport. Yeah. And this was at a time where Purdy and the the timeline was completely unknown, remember. They did not know when Brock Purdy was going to return. The inflection point for when really a diagnosis could be had was June 2nd. The, the, the three-month period. I thought it was June surgery. 10th. Or it might have been June 10th. I thought it was June 10th. It was one of them. Because I think the surgery was March 10th. Yeah. So it was three months after. That was the true inflection point to figuring out what's going to happen with Brock Purdy. So this is all happening back then. And then you also bring up the third domino, which is they signed Sam Donald immediately into free agency. It's right there. 30 minutes into the legal tampering period. That is that is that is telling. And also when you talk about the number one thing before we talked about anything back then was the contract. He got paid a good amount of money. His cap hit this year is 5.9 million, and I believe 3.5 of that is guaranteed. He got paid some money. Yeah. So he got three and a half fully guaranteed, and it's the 13th highest active cap hit on the 49ers. It, that is saying something. That is saying something. <laughs> Now, another super chat here is a fun one. What was your first video game system and favorite game? Rank these quarterbacks in order. You got five of them. So what was your first? Uh, my first video game system. I think it might have been PS2, Madden 04, probably. The one with Michael Vick. Mine, probably PS3. I, I played on PS2 a little bit, but I played on PS3 first. Wow, you're making me feel old if your first system was a PS3. But I didn't. Yeah, that makes me feel a little bit old. <laughs> my first was PS3. PS3 came out in 2006. I even have mine still. It's in my... Uh, oh, it, it did come out. Okay, 2006. Okay, okay. I was I was still pretty young when it came out. I was two years old, so I don't really have a choice. But I did Ooh. play on some PS2. So, yeah. All right. but uh, And then rank these quarterbacks. Do you want to rank them? You can go ahead. Uh, I'll pass on that. I, I mean, I won't rank Purdy. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, okay. Just because... Um, but with their time at the 49ers, and Kaepernick was the best, then Garcia and Garoppolo, then probably Smith. In terms of how they did with the 49ers, I think individually, though, I'd probably take Smith over Garoppolo. I think that's fair. I think Kaepernick and Garcia are the top two. Um, you can rank the bottom two as you wish. Slave with another super chat. Here. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Just in, in an isolation, I, isolation, I would probably take – in terms of just their skill sets, removing what they were with the 49ers, I'd probably take both Smith and Garoppolo over Garcia. If you're if you're talking about skill set, I'm I'm wondering if he's talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. production skill set, how how they played, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's fair. Always thought trade demanding Jimmy Garoppolo make less than him last year very weird. Understand not being happy, but demanding what Jimmy Garoppolo should make. I do wonder if he rubbed people the wrong way more than we know. I don't I don't think he demanded that. Yeah. I don't think this was ever – But yeah, go ahead. But this is a real point, right? I was tweeting about this actually funnily enough. I, I was tweeting about how the Brandon Allen quarterback three stuff is real because the financial politics, the Niners were very considerate about navigating that last year when they reduced Garoppolo's base salary to be that of Below's Lance's so that it's clear from a financial perspective that he is the, back, he is the backup quarterback on this team. So I was like, a team that's this sensitive to this now has the perfect third quarterback making the league minimum in Brandon Allen, is, but instead is going to pay $9 million. 
for Trey Lance as their third quarterback. Now, they might still end up doing that, but I don't think this is a Trey Lance issue. I, I think that was a 49ers financial roster dynamic issue. And so, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk real quick about recent history now, right? We talked about right. the way that it went, the way that it transpired in terms of um, the history behind it, how it eventually started. Let's talk about the execution, though, of the plan. Jimmy Garoppolo obviously gets the start in 2021. Trey Lance gets the start in 2022. Brock Purdy gets the start in 2023. Is there a way that you would have done it differently? Looking back, probably not. And it's not because, look, I think when you took Trey Lance, I think they probably should have played Trey Lance from the beginning because at least we wouldn't be stuck here. But I also understand from the situation of where their football team was and what their football team was aspiring for, it would have been very difficult to play Trey Lance in that situation. And I actually think for all the crap we give Shanahan for poorly navigating the quarterback position and all of that, I think he navigated the dynamic, and it was a complicated one, of Garoppolo and Lance pretty well that year to ultimately have a successful season that yielded an NFC championship performance, okay? They did a good job to, my, to me in that. And I look, I again, if, if you were fully committed to just the process with Lance, you should have just played him from the beginning, but they were committed to more than the process. They were committed also to being a very good football team in 2021, and therefore I understand it. In 2022, again, I kind of get where they were. I kind of get what they had to do with Trey Lance. I, I, I'm starting to think perhaps that was really where things went wrong with Trey Lance. And I, again, I understand bringing back Garoppolo even. I, I It turned out to actually be a fruitful move because, again, Garoppolo played well last year when he was asked to play. And so I kind of understand it. This year, I don't know that Sam Darnold would have been my choice, but I kind of understand, again, how they navigated the quarterback room. And the one thing I will commend them, for all the mishandling of Trey Lance, I will commend them for one thing this year that they did with the quarterback room. The way they've handled Brock Purdy this offseason has been awesome. This is how you handle a guy who's your now franchise-ish, whatever your, out, whatever your outlook of him as a quarterback is that. And so I think they've handled that part of it great. Um, I Again, the big difference to me is if you're looking from a straight Trey Lance developmental standpoint, hey, you had to have played him in 2021. But the miss for me, again, is not what's happened since you got Trey Lance. The miss for me was deciding to take Trey Lance because, again, to me, that timeline, like I was saying this before the draft, I didn't think they should have drafted Trey Lance. And for me, it was because I didn't think the timeline it took to develop Trey Lance fit the timeline that the 49ers were on and where their roster was. It turned out to play out that way, and that's where I can't fault them for having the player and then understanding, hey, this doesn't necessarily fit the timeline of the roster. They had to pick one or the other. They didn't They didn't choose Trey Lance. They chose the other. And we're kind of where we are because of that. Now, I think that what you said makes sense. I don't, like I said, I don't hate the execution of what they've done. With Did I want Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster in 2021? No. I think that that's where they plan ex uh, their plan failed. Because when you decided to trade that magnitude of capital to go up and get a quarterback, regardless of who it was, I think that that was the moment where you truly had to back off your, 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 your commitment to Jimmy Garoppolo, even if the locker room was against it. I think that that was the moment that you truly had to do it. Unfortunately, obviously, they continued with both quarterbacks. From there on, 
you play the best quarterback that you have. If you've got two quarterbacks on your roster, you're playing the best one that you have. And that's usually the case in a lot of these rookie battles. It's just the backup is nowhere near as good of a starter as Jimmy Garoppolo is, right? When you look at ones across the league this year, right? Anthony Richardson is competing against Gardner Minshew. Bryce Young competing against Andy Dalton. Competing. These yeah. are competitions. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But Garoppolo was a serviceable guy who had a better knowledge of the offense, who had things like that, and it seems like he beat him out, beat Lance out anyway. And even when Lance, you know, was involved, he had the injury and things like that. So that that went about its way in 2020. By the way, Rohan, Go when we're talking about the people dynamics, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but both in 21 and 22 from a backup standpoint – there was capability for the 49ers to move off of Garoppolo because, again, like we mentioned, he was on a year-to-year -year evaluation that they could have cut him at either point in either offseason and moved on with the Tyrod Taylor and Andy Dalton, and they would have cut the backup salary in half, and they would have had a backup that would have changed the entire human and locker room dynamic, making it easier for Trey Lance to be uplifted, right? Garoppolo is an actual NFL starter. That's very different from a fringe guy like Gardner Minshew or an Andy Dalton who can start for you in a pinch, but ideally they're not going to also put pressure on the young quarterback that's starting by being far better than them. So there were opportunities also for them to go this route that they chose not to as well. No, I agree. And even in 2022 with the way they handled it, you talk about player dynamics, they publicly put down Jimmy Garoppolo to ensure to, to fans and media that Trey Lance was their guy. I don't know if that's the best way you go about handling it, which is why from an organizational perspective, I can understand why they brought back Jimmy Garoppolo because he was cheap, a guy costing not that much money to be your backup quarterback. That's understandable. But from a player perspective, the best option would have likely been to move on and get a backup whose role was solidified from the second he entered the building. You are the backup that makes dynamics within the organization clear and things like that which is why I praise the move, but there's obviously a different way that you could have approached it if your goal was to cement Trey Lance as your starting quarterback rather than place a hedge on him. Right, absolutely, well said. And continuing forward, when you talk about you know the, the 2021 dynamic, didn't mind it. I, I, I've publicly said in articles that I was fine with Jimmy Garoppolo being the starter because he was the one who beat him out, things like that, especially after he was brought back to the roster. 22, we just talked about that. Now going on to 23, it seems like the organization was out on Trey Lance from the get-go. They signed Sam Darnold the second you could you, you could have signed him. They then shopped Trey Lance publicly this offseason on multiple occasions with reports saying it happened as soon as February before Lance was even healed, before he could give you a chance to prove you know the, the, the improvements that he made, which then again goes back to Vish's point of what truly happened in that 2022 offseason that ticked the 49ers off to wavering off their commitment to the quarterback they paid three first-round picks for. And then you continue forward with this offseason. Sure, Lance, Donald, you know, you, you're tailoring an offense around Brock Purdy. Darnold obviously has the favored. He's the guy who's more experienced in that level of a system, despite him being the newcomer. And regardless of whether you, whoever you thought played better in the offseason and preseason and in training camp, the 49ers clearly are more comfortable with Sam Darnold. And that is why they want a level of comfortability rather than the potential upside and volatility that Trey Lance brings. I agree. And I, I think Trey Lance always had his work cut out for him. Because unless he was so definitively better than Sam Darnold, 
should have just kind of been a difficult situation for him because, you know, Darnold has 55 games of starting equity in the NFL, and that counts for something, versus Trey Lance, who's still young and green, and he's only played four games, and he has all this potential that we might be able to see if he gets the opportunity, is that when you're talking about a backup quarterback, the coach is always going to look and covet that experience because in a pinch, he's going to be able to rely upon that experience. And that's where when it was clear Brock Purdy is the guy, Trey Lance is not really suited to be his backup either. And that's where I think the work was kind of cut out for him in this competition too, because I think Darnold always had the leg up in this. I think if Darnold, it's kind of what Shanahan said with Purdy. If Darnold melted this camp, then perhaps they would have gone with Lance as the backup. But I think as long as it was always close, that experience was always going to give Darnold the leg up. And that's where it's, it again, like, I can't reiterate it enough. Like, yeah, it's a crappy situation for the 49ers. Guess what? They've been okay. They've made back-to-back NFC Championship games. The outlook for the team is still really, really strong. You know who it's really a crappy situation for? The guy who was drafted at 20 years old, excited about an opportunity, got injured, worked back from injury, improved in an offseason where everybody wrote him off, and now he's stuck on August 24th, not being able to make it on with the team that originally drafted him. They've demoted him to third string and not in a situation where he can find an opportunity elsewhere either. It's, it sucks. I feel horrible for Trey Lance. It's from just a, like, I feel horrible. And I see JM six, seven saying backpedaling like an MF y'all swore he was him. Go find the clips. Show me when I said that. I'd love for you to say that. We all pointed out the potential of Trey Lance. We pointed out what could happen. Could Trey Lance get the experience fact is he never got it he never got that experience he was injured and the timeline went as the timeline went that's how it went now i do got to ask you to end today's show what's next for trey lance for the 49ers organization in 2023 how does this situation come to a resolve i think he gets moved at some point but i think it might also get resolved the way it got resolved for rg3 in washington it was kind of just deactivated and then he found a new home eventually when his contract expired. I think that could happen to Trey Lance here just because of where his contract is. I think trading for him with guaranteed money left on his contract also makes it difficult. Um, and so that's where it's it's a really, really hard situation. And for the 49ers, I think it, it's really two things. Like to me right now, I, I think that one, if Brock Purdy doesn't end up being the guy, I think you side-eye this situation. But I think, too, I think Brock Purdy himself is on a year-to-year evaluation that people don't understand. Like, Brock Purdy is the starting quarterback of the 49ers in 2023. In 2024, that guy could be somebody completely different. If Brock Purdy gets injured, one, to me, I don't think they're going to have patience if he gets injured. Or two, the 49ers don't make the playoffs. As long as Purdy plays how he played last year, they're excellent. I think Purdy will be the starter in 2024. I'm not doubting that. But if things go wrong for them at the quarterback position, yeah, they're going to be in kind of a stuck situation because now this rookie quarterback plan is going to have to be pivoted again because they're going to have to find a starter in 2024. And that's where, hey, they're in this pretty tough situation where they got this revolving door at quarterback until they find an answer. The nice thing is they've continued to win which is one of the most impossible things to do in the NFL, which is win over an extended period of time despite having a revolving door quarterback. That's the biggest part. They've continued to win. That's why while fans have been angry, while you know there's been a bunch of backlash 
there haven't been too many questions around Kyle Shanahan because he's been able to win regardless of how royally he screws up the quarterback situation, how how the quarterback situation has transpired for seven seasons here in San Francisco and things like that. Lance likely gets moved. My prediction, though, is next offseason. I believe he remains a 49er for the remainder of the year. I think he gets moved next offseason for a team. You think he'll get moved next offseason? The way that I look at it is next year the cap hit is not that much, and also I think the 49ers could hammer out a deal where they um, – they choose to pay out a majority of the money. I don't even I don't even think when he's at the point where he's on his last year of his contract and he would still only be 24 years old, but I think teams view players' future depending on the length of their contract relative to their age in a range versus their actual age. I don't know if somebody at that point at 24, he's on the last year of his rookie contract, He's already not played in four years, right? I think that's what we're envisioning. If things go up to plan, at least, he wouldn't have played in four years. I'm not sure anybody would commit it to the process of developing him at that point. I don't, and think I don't it's know how he so... fits into the greater picture of the league as a backup quarterback. That's, it's that's a, weird, a good point. weird position for him. I think what happens next year is the teams who strike out at quarterback or the teams who who are punting on that year coming into the league year, not punting, but more so understanding they're not in a position where they can secure a guy who they want, and they don't want to financially um, give resources to a different quarterback. Take a flyer on him, and then look at the 2025 draft. If it fails, you get a signal caller there. If it doesn't fail, I think you go with Lance. So I think there's only one situation that I really look at because I think other teams will be in a better financial situation to be able to pivot to a better prospective option than even Lance. Not that Lance isn't a talented prospect. He definitely is. But just in terms of how the finances are secure and with a little bit more of an opportunity because Lance's experience makes him such an enigma. And I think that's Denver, right? Denver's in that's good- all kinds of hell because they're stuck with the Russell Wilson contract. So if there's one quarterback pivot where they can get a young prospect at quarterback, it's Trey Lance for them. The issue also there is that Sean Payton has never sounded enthusiastic when talking about Trey Lance the one year he was in the media. In fact, he was quite critical. And that's where, like, I don't know if that's his cup of tea at quarterback. The way that I look at it as well, a guy like Josh Jobs just got traded for a fifth-round pick. It was a fifth in exchange for a seventh. Mm-hmm. I think even if it's anything, the 49ers can get value like that for a even even if the team, whatever it is, commits to potentially having him as a backup in a reset year, that could be the case. But I do like the point you made about how is the dynamic of him in, as a backup in the NFL? Because, like you said, backup, what do you want? You want a veteran, you want a guy who can have a good understanding of an offense. You want to, you don't necessarily need and you don't want to put pressure on the starter either, right? Agreed. Like this guy's also really talented and ascending. Agreed. And as funny as it sounds, you don't need a guy that talented. You just need a guy who understands the landscape of the league, can come in, be a good veteran for your for whoever your starter is, and serve as solid depth. That's what it is. So yeah, I agree. That's where we are with the 49ers quarterback situation. Me and Vish today, we broke down the entire timeline going back to where we believe the 49ers wronged not only Trey Lance, but the organization with the with the move in 2021. Going into the timeline, current day, 
And that is where we end today's show. Vish, any last thoughts before we head on? Yeah, out? I did think I saw a couple of super chats. Oh, I did see one missed. actually. Before we uh, before we head on out, um, do want to see to the super chats. Got one from Gammon Brown here. Um, he talks about practices were not the only way that Kyle Shanahan measured the quarterbacks. What other metrics did he use to gauge these quarterbacks that we didn't get to see? What do you think about this? It's a real question, but I, I don't know. But clearly, yeah, there's there's a lot that's gone into the evaluation that we have not been privy to. And no, that is whatever true. has gone into it, it's made them conclusive enough. And that's what people miss in all of this, right? Like they're the ones putting their asses on the line by telling us that they drafted a third-string quarterback two years after. And they're telling us they drafted one. They're so confident after four games of seeing it that he's that. So that's where it's like a really weird situation because what the hell did they see behind closed doors that caused this other than Purdy? Because it's not just he was beaten out by Purdy, got beaten out by Sam Darnold too. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, it's not just one situation. It's multiple. And the 49ers were out on him, it seems, for a majority of the offseason. Gammon comes back with a super chat here. There was one more right above Gammon there too that I saw if you missed it. My bad. I'll go to it. Uh, but he says this discourse was far too civil and mature for this toxic fan base. Please utilize this time to issue besmirching comments about one another's mother. <laughs> Have there been a lot of mom jokes? I actually haven't seen them. I haven't read the chat's chat. been fairly tame. Like, shout out to this chat, from what I've seen at least. Beats and Meats uh, super chat here. Are rookies allowed to take a pay cut when they're on a first-round slotted deal? I actually don't know that. But I want that's a great question. And I wonder if Trey Lance, they would reduce that base salary before bringing him back as a quarterback. I don't think so. I think those deals are CBA negotiated. Do you know? Do you have any insight on that? I don't think you can in terms of um, like I, I, I'm, I'm wondering if you're if he's asking, like, as the deal is being made, are they allowed to change it? I think you can restructure um, because I've seen one rookie contract. I forget where I thought a rookie contract. and Brand Brown, excuse me. I said Gaiman Brand. What, I don't know where that came from. But he put in the comments, no, they're not. It's in the rules. And so, yeah, that, that was going to be my guess that because these contracts are pretty, their structure is agreed to in the CBA. You can do what something like Jordan Love did where you add on an extension. Right, that right. The outlook but that, that that extension was essentially his fifth-year option where they didn't take Correct. his fifth-year option and then they gave him basically a fifth-year option in a deal. Correct. So there are some provisions, but it's locked in for the most part pretty much. Absolutely. But, yeah. Rohan, this was awesome. This was a fun show. You know, we got to – uh, go about the entire timeline, you know, share a little uh, bit of our thoughts into where the 49ers went wrong in arguably in franchise history, one of the worst draft day trades possible, it seems. If yeah, I think it's straight up is right, I think, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I'm just saying that as a disclaimer in case someone wants to try and prove me wrong, but you know, <laughs> one of the worst trades we've ever seen in the history of the NFL draft, and now the 49ers are. Well, they're going to make an NFC Championship game. It seems uh, at the end of it. So it's it's a uh, it's an interesting team, an interesting dynamic, and uh, glad that all of you guys were here to help uh, or watch us break it down today. Any last thoughts, Fish? No, all I got to say is, man, there's a lot of good storytellers in life, but fate has to be 
one of the best storytellers. Like, can you imagine that the last two years would have been this successful for the 49ers, yet the results from that trade would be this catastrophic? And it's, it's not even like catastrophic that Trey Lance is a catastrophe, right? It's just catastrophic that he's the third string quarterback and he's only played four games. What a what a weird situation. And I mean, when you think about it, right? The amount of value that they could have gotten with those three first round picks. Who could have known? I saw Flav commenting about Micah Parsons. You got to imagine, man. Wow. But uh, the 49ers are where they are. 2023, Brock Purdy's your starter. And uh, the season, well, it's almost coming to, an, uh, coming to a start. But we got the preseason game tomorrow. Vish, though, thank you so much for joining me here today. This was a fun show. And, guys, we'll catch you guys next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.